Howdy folks, I'm Skip Ruddertail, your Otter Editor, and this is episode 22B of the Bad Dog Book Club. Mm-hmm. Our story this week is Nightlife by Mopar Skunk. Yep. And with me, as always, is... Yep. Tunes is the Metro Cat. The cat with the full <laughs> Metro card. Smart trip all the way. Oh, that kind of Metro. I thought you yeah. meant, like, metrosexual. No, that, that's, that's too straight for me. Oh, okay. And, you, you know, we've got, that. we've got, we're very lucky here today, because we've got a special uh we've got two special guests with us so first we have uh dane your ottery otter otter why otters i'm sandwiched by otters right now <laughs> we got a, we got another one too. Otters are the best. yeah, yeah. and al floor the writer otter yeah and it's oh, geez, pretty cool because we actually have the all four read the story for us last week if mm-hmm. you guys remember and now we actually have him to comp it. So that's yeah. kind of cool. That's a fun new thing. Alvor is pretty much a friend of the show. I mean, you, we've, we've done, I think, two of your stories now. This is, mm-hmm. is this the the, uh, the first story he's So this is us? an apology for the last time you reviewed Why? No, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that what this I is? tried to be nice. No, I wasn't boy, here. I just oh heard terrible. No, just kidding. That's I tried so to be nice. Yeah. I tr- uh-huh. So yeah, this is very, you know, this is the first time we've had two guests, I think, before. So this is a little bit of a new dynamic, and but it should be fun. Show. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Yeah, let's let's take it off. So, you picked this story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it shows my bias toward two things: um, skunks, because I just like Mopar skunk. I know I want to support another skunk writer. Why not? There should be more of them. And uh, I I, I kind of like the country guy going to the to the to the big city aspect. Uh-huh, because yeah. it, it sort of mimics my my personal experience in a way, mm-hmm. growing up in, in a very small area and moving to Washington D.C. So I guess just in the, in that respect, I can I can kind of appreciate it. But aside from that, I also liked for reasons not like I like I usually do, kind of the expressions of masculinity that ran it. Because I mean I don't know if if you guys feel this way, but there's like kind of different ways you can express the masculinity. So you can like I, I set up a guy who's like very classically. Maybe just kind of aggressive or, or, or self-assertive, just uh, in, in control of himself, but maybe kind of reserved and, and humble. Or he can, you know, ride a biker or the star quarterback, just some kind of, like, token masculine figure. And, I don't know, do you think one of those is, is, is maybe more attractive than the other? I think this story is definitely a, a representation of the latter, because it's just, like, all these big, these big buff dudes that are, like, riding in on their, on their what was it, like, like, a Chevrolet or something like that? No, I mean, he had like classic muscle, '60s muscle car. Like like a classic yeah. muscle car, and he's smoking his cigars, and they're drinking <laughs> their expensive. Like I mean, it's, it's very it's very clear what they're going for here, and I, that's kind of a turnoff usually. But I kind of liked it in the story because it's almost taken to a, a ridiculous sort of degree. But mm-hmm. I can see how that might turn people off. I don't know what were you guys thinking. Yeah, I saw it as a bit much. I mean, personally, because it's just like it's not my thing as far as like sexual preference. So. But, I mean, I'm thinking that if it is, then it would be good because it's, like, it's even more so than a lot of the other stories would do with it, so. Yeah, I, I think it's almost, it's not just hyper-masculinized, but it's almost patriarchal, or hyper-patriarchal, yeah, really if is. I can make that distinction. You know, that so much of it is about the trappings of male authority and power um, in terms of, you know, the appearance and wealth you know, particularly, and signifiers of wealth. Even if, and and this is something that kind of intrigued me about the story, even if they're kind of, I think maybe they're using signifiers of wealth that is beyond their means normally. Um, And I got that sense, which I kind of interested and intrigued me that, you know, I mean, passing, you said. A little bit, yeah. Um, Because, you know, he runs a, a bike shop, so... You know, unless you're Orange County Choppers or something, you know, he probably does okay, but he's not, like, normally at the suite and stuff, and, or at this club. And then he's with a college professor, and most college professors, so this guy does drive a Land Rover, but it could be an old one. Uh, most college professors are, are you know, well-to-do, but not going to be yeah, super wealthy And they're either. the only cars in the lot that aren't, like, a BMW or a Jaguar or whatever, right. whatever right. they said it was. They weren't the nicest cars in the lot. So there is maybe a sense here that they're, Reaching above They're their station. They're a little bit out of place. 
Well, I mean, it's the whole, like, going out on the town thing. Like, mm-hmm. you pretty much, I'm sure he's, like, he's been saving up maybe even, like, for months to do that just so he can yeah. have enough cash mm-hmm. to right. pretend like he's this really is a, This well is a above. treat for yeah. him. Yeah. It's vacation. Yeah. But what what I wondered is, do you guys, have you guys heard about the, the kind of metronormativity, as they call it? The idea that the proper place for expressing homosexuality is in the city? Yes. Now, wh- mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Because I, I come from... A, a, a rural area, like I said, and more or less gave it up to go to the city because I felt more comfortable expressing my sexuality here. And there are, are a significant number of people who feel that that is perhaps betraying a certain small town sexuality. I don't know. I think the big city does work better for sexuality simply because there's more people. I mean, people are less likely to pay attention to that sort of thing. And then on top of that, it's just the percentage, like the, the actual gay population is also higher, so you kind of feel like you're more of a part of it. So it's certainly easier to network. Well, I mean, this is exactly my what my PhD research was on. Um, was, yes, you know, yeah. gays living in small towns and how that's different. You know, because you're right, the, the theory, even in academic circles, the theory is you realize you're gay and you head to the city. Really? Um, yeah. You know, and that's, that's what the literature is kind of focused on. And there's very been very little of people who go and come back, or people who choose to stay in their rural community. So, so when, actually, what you're, what you're telling me is when I'm at home and I tell people that oh, I'm, I'm home on vacation, and they tell me, oh yeah, you seem like the type that was going to stay in the city. They're actually committing like a hate slur against me. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know, yeah, good. you belong in the city, queer. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Could be. No, I mean it's it's. Um, I think you're right in the sense that you know typically there's the potential for a more overt or visible expression of homosexuality in the city because there's an anonymity in urban space. I mean, part of it is, as you said, there are more gay people in the city, but there's also the anonymity of urban spaces, where in a small town, you know this, having grown up in one, I know this, having lived in one, is... Even if you don't know everybody's name, you know everybody in town to a degree, and you know, and you can connect mm-hmm. you know yourself, and you'll you. know in the circle of you know gossip. Um, what you see a lot of times in small towns is the idea of the public secret, where you know everybody knows that you know Bob is a bachelor, right. and they all know what that means. But we don't. There's an agreement to not no. to talk about it. Yeah, or discuss yeah, it yeah, because yeah. Bob and Bob bought, plays with that agreement too. He doesn't talk about his sexuality, and that everybody's mm-hmm. okay, kind of keeping it a little bit of a don't ask, don't tell. Can I ask kind of a personal question? Yeah. When did you guys come out? Um, I came out my first year of college actually, because in high school it was sort of like everybody knew me as just like the straight guy. I never really denied it. I mean, I came out to myself when I was like probably twelve or thirteen because mm-hmm. I was on the swim right. team, so. You kind of realize that's kind of aggressive. There, kind of hard. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But like to everyone else, I just didn't see the point because like I had all these friends who I knew for a very long time, and we just kind of had this norm that we'd settled into of like who we were. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. in college, it was kind of like you reinvented yourself. That's true. So for me, that was a time to come out and just like let Mm -hmm. everyone know. Yeah, for me personally, uh, I came out to myself uh, just actually last spring. Uh-huh. So I'm still really? kind of in that coming wow. out. Still kind of figure right. out. Yeah, I, oh, I kind of had an idea like all through high school, but I didn't really want to commit or label myself. But mm-hmm. so like, yeah, I just kind of figured just this is who I am. Well, that was kind of my experience too, because I, you know, I'm bi enough that I was attracted to girls, and so I never, you know, I never had that question with myself when I was like 12. You know, like why aren't I? You know, quite, attracted yeah. to girls, and because I was, you know, but I didn't. It wasn't until you know my bunny started hitting on me, like junior and senior <laughs> year in high school, that was like oh, I, I was see. like, well, maybe I'll give this a shot and see what happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for me, it wasn't until mm-hmm. you know, and and coming out's a gradual process for one. I feel yeah. like you know, you come out to various people at various times in various settings. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess I started mm-hmm. you know to myself. I like how you yeah. added that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been like junior, senior year in high school, and then you know my folks freshman year in college. <laughs> during during college. parent visit weekend, <laughs> really? 
And my sister was like, you know, I love you, Skip, but that was the longest car ride home of my life, you know, because that's all they could talk about the whole time. <laughs> wow. And she's like, it's not a big deal. And they're like, but it is. And of course, mm-hmm. now they're fine. You know, but mm-hmm. yeah, For me, yeah, I, I, just, I just changed my Facebook status to like <laughs> wow. prefer mail. That was, that was it. And then I just waited for people to ask me. And those that didn't. Wow. Didn't, yeah. I, I wrote a letter to the editor. Yeah, you have the best coming out story. Oh, uh, jeez. Well, I tried to make, I tried to like pull the um the bandit off in one fell swoop. So I feel I felt kind of as though I was a late bloomer as well because I didn't mm-hmm. quite feel attracted to men until early high school. And that was the last time I had a relationship with a woman and kind of put that thing to rest <laughs> and went, yeah, okay, that's over. And and once I once I kind of figured, well, that this is what I'm doing. I'm, I figured I'm not gonna like get in the closet. So I more or less became like the only openly gay person in my high school class. And told my parents probably, uh, I don't know, probably within like a few months of coming to the, the realization myself, probably within the year at least. And then at one point, like I saw, it was just right around the time that Canada legalized gay marriage. And the local newspaper, like the only newspaper that serves like these two counties of Pennsylvania, like uh, Juniata and Milton County. So they, they, they ran a, a front page picture of like two ladies kissing or something, like in celebration in Canada. And this like store like caused a wave of letters to the editor that was just offended, like horrified. Like, well, okay, if, we, if you have to report the news, we understand, but like to print the picture, that's obscene. And like, like just people like trying to like be the most as reasonable as they could be about their blatant homophobia. Yeah. So like, I, I had to write in response, and it, it, like in retrospect, I think I still have it in my email somewhere. It just sounds kind of smarmy, but in the process, just essentially said like, hey, um, I'm gay and I don't care. And if I, I essentially made an argument that said, if gay people want to get married, um, they should be allowed to. It doesn't matter what God said because God doesn't really come that much about atheists, but atheists still marry, so like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like the next That's day, an argument actually, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> but then the next day at school, essentially everybody knew. So it went from being kind of like an <laughs> open to get secret. a letter published in the paper. Yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah, happened, yeah. So. So, I mean, I, th- I think that was either my sophomore or junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I don't quite remember which. Wow. No. That's, <laughs> I got to hand it to you. That's, uh, it takes it was, some cojones, man. Well, <laughs> and, well it's, it's the thing was, I, I felt as if everybody did know. Mm-hmm. And the only way, the, the best way to have power over it, because I figured what, what people were, were who, 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 people who wanted to hurt you, what, the, the, what they figured was that you were ashamed of it. Yeah. And they wanted to make that evident. Yeah. But if you could make it evident first that you were actually like very clearly proud of it or happy mm-hmm. of it, like they wouldn't have any ammunition. They have nothing first. to hold over you. Yeah. yeah. No, and I really didn't get bugged that much at all through through high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably had some good favorable circumstances. I don't want to suggest this as a recipe for other people. I'm just saying <laughs> it, this this worked well for me in Amish country. Yep. No. Yep. Well, I think the best is when I told my sister. She was like, "Well, duh." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I know. When I but told. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, when I told my sister, this was over Thanksgiving break. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was this one of those... so, like, real and good yeah, thing. Yeah, she lives up here in D.C., and, uh-huh. like, I'm, like, five hours south, and I don't get to see her that often, so, like, I just got to tell her. And just one night, I was like, I got to talk to you. And then mm-hmm. I just said, I'm gay, and she's like, I don't care. Yeah. And so that that was an awesome thing. For moment. our generation, it pretty much is, you know, for most people, like, who cares? Yeah, yeah that really you know? is and, and it's not a big deal. And mm-hmm. that's what, you know, that's what my sister said to my folks way back then, you know, was like, it's not a big deal. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily for most people, it isn't. Yeah. I was lucky to be born into a very supportive family, too, where yeah. they were, like, natural parts, like, small bits of, like, resistance, but not even, like, aggressive resistance. Mm-hmm. And everybody in general has been... Very yeah. supportive. Everybody yeah. I've, I've known. Yeah. Well, it's a good time. But it was still nice to get to the city. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. the thing. is, I, I still felt like I had to get, get out here eventually. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something to this metronormativity. I don't know. Yeah. For me, I mean, this is one of the things that drove me to study what I was, was, you know, going to school in a small town and knowing all these people who were gay in the small town and the surrounding area. Oh. There's nothing written about them or why they've chosen to do this, you know. And so I think it's different now a little bit because of things like the Internet and social networking. That's what I found talking with people, that, you know, you can have a dispersed population and still kind of organize meetups. And that's what I'll see, too. A lot of these people, like, 
you know, every Monday night, you know, the this restaurant or bar, you know, the upstairs room will be, like, there's one not too far from here, um, just a couple hours from D.C., and every Monday night, there's, there's a sign in the upstairs room of this restaurant that says, private party, there's no other marking, but everybody who's gay for, you know, 50 miles around knows <laughs> that's our <laughs> gathering spot, yep. you know, and they just eat and have drinks and stuff. But mm-hmm. and so it, it's there if you're plugged into this network. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. It is creating new landscapes. But yeah, so. it is, the story, I mean, they're, they're so... I think that's one of the things that it really harkens back to this idea of performativity because, they. I mean, this guy is specifically... You know, we we watch the whole process of him dressing up mm-hmm. in it this way, like literally putting yeah. on the costume to mm-hmm. go into this space where you know, traveling the city like a with them. Yeah. yeah, and and to perform this particular type of kind of very kind of cruising patriarchal consumption and you know money oriented <laughs> performance right, yeah. of masculinity. Uh, in this space, so I, I, I that appealed to me as a good anthropologist. Yeah, it, it just it's enough. It's heaped on enough that it, it's ridiculous because there's so yeah, much exactly. ridiculous spending of money, so much ridiculous expression of masculinity. And I think it's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes it work. Is it is ridiculous is maybe a good word because it's it's consciously over the top. Correct. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't so over the top, you'd be like, wow, these guys are real assholes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. And if you want to say it's like over the top. And like, they are, but they're choosing to be assholes in this situation yeah. instead yeah. of just assholes. Indeed. Like, you don't th- you don't imagine they're really like this when they're running, when they, when he, when that guy's in his classroom. Oh, God. I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. Cool. That could be a very interesting class. Uh. Yeah. yeah. No, I was well, thinking, I said, what I said to you. Is the student? Yeah, what yeah. I said to you was, I was like, you know, speaking as a professor, that's a serious breach of, te- of teacher-student trust right there. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> they kind of got it completely over my head at first, because I, I think yeah, I just parsed right, it as a like, playful me. language. Like, mm-hmm. I just parsed it as playful language, but it, it probably yeah. does make sense, right? Maybe they answer as a student. Sense. Oh, that is... I, I believe me, I totally noticed it right away. But do you think a lot of people have, like, professor fantasies? Because I think if anyone goes to college and just sits in class long enough, they're liable to end up, like, fantasizing about a professor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I've never really fantasized about a teacher-professor, but, I mean, I'm sure, like, plenty of people have. Like, I was in my office one time at AU, and I had... You know, I was sitting here working on the computer, and somebody comes up and starts rubbing my shoulders. And I thought it was Michelle. Was it George Who'd Bush? been in the office, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not Angela. Um, I thought it was Michelle, you know, from the party last night, my best right. friend, you know, because we I'd just seen her a moment ago, and she'd gone out. And I was like, ah, you know, and I turn around, and it is one of my students. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> creepy. Oh, hi there. You know, and I was like, I mean, it was like, and there were a couple other times, like when I was like, hey, cutie, and I was like, you know, uh, hi, what can I help you with? And I'm just nipping it in the bud right away because I did. I don't know. I mean, you're allowed to be freaked out by it. You're yes, allowed to- but. Yeah. I'm allowed to be freaked out by it. You're allowed to be creeped out by it because you're Professor mm-hmm. IRL, but I still think it's hot. I still think okay. the, the professor thing is hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of is, but I mean, I also see it as like, I mean, the Asian cultures have it a lot more, this sort of like kind of level of reverence for the teacher mm-hmm. where you almost treat him as something more than a person, at least while it's like a teacher-student kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you wouldn't say, like, oh, hey, they're cutie, you know, because, like, they're not that kind of person. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And of course, and all like, besides, I'm a top bitch, you know, yeah. I, uh-huh. you're cutie, and I'm not me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, well, here's the thing, I, I, you know, I'm not going to rule it out, I, I'm not going to say it's a problem, but I would never, with one of my own students, or anybody that I could be teaching. Well, of course, it's just a fantasy, though. Because that's, yeah. that's seriously yeah. messed up. Like, fine, you know, a student in another department, sure, you know, maybe that could be okay, but mm-hmm. not... Somebody that I'd be grading because that's just awkward. Well, it's funny called yeah. the pizza, especially man if they turn in like crap, and you're like, you have to be like, <laughs> ah, darn it. <laughs> it's what I call the man. pizza man test. Would you ever, ever in your real life fuck the pizza guy when he came over? 
No. Absolutely oh, not. Awful. But, you know, in a fantasy, yeah, sure, a pizza guy comes over, he saw it, yeah, cool, that works, that's convenient. No, but not in real life. Uh, you know what I mean? That's the pizza man test. I mean, because also in a fantasy, like, you choose the setting, you choose what kind of person they are, mm-hmm. like, how they talk. And, I just love that yeah. line in Big Lebowski where they're, like, watching the porn, and it's, like, the cable guy, you know, coming in, <laughs> and he's like, you can guess what happens next, and Lebowski goes, he fixes the cable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah, so I like it. these guys, I feel, are, are they're playing a fantasy, and I think mm-hmm. if you read the story like that, then they're... You know, because my initial reaction to these kinds of guys is like, because right, I don't, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't particularly find this type of guy sexy in and of itself. You know, the, and, and so I'm sitting like, oh, you know, cigar smoking and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> but then, you know, as the story goes on, and I really am like, okay, this is. What you get into like, the mood for? What you get into this for? is, yeah. you know, I mean, this is a part of these guys' personality, but it's also something they're amping up mm-hmm. for this event. And then I was like, okay, you know, and, and riding more with it. Yeah. Once you get adjusted to the water, so to speak, and you get kind of like a, like a taste for what just like how, how it's being expressed in this story, mm-hmm. it's not as aggressive as it as it seems on mm-hmm. the outside, mm-hmm. so to speak. And it can be it can be well, difficult sometimes nice just to adjust to writers for the first time. Roll mix up too. Which I also think works to the story's advantage, you know, that we come in, you know, when you start the story, you're like, okay, this is going to be like every other story with this character, and, and especially when, you know, we see the girl, and then we see the collie, we're like, okay, he's going to just, you know, nail some little twink, and right, leave right, them, right, and, right. you know, in a broken pile as he sits there with a cigar and walks off, you know, like, <laughs> we've all read it, you Yeah, know? right, right, right. And he doesn't. I mean, there was somebody else who was a big guy, too, and then... What do you think about the rat, though, in the story? Rat? This, I think uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, that's the guy that commissioned it. Is that? Okay. Yeah. So if you want to, it's... um. See, that's interesting, because break... I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Does that change your view on his role in the story? I felt, at first, I don't know, I'd have to think about it a little more, but I kind of felt the rat was redundant. Redundant? To the story. Oh, what do you feel like it was? Um, I just, what did you guys think? I just felt like it kind of was a little last minute, just kind of thrown in. Yeah. I mean, as a, if he was the guy that commissioned it, then yeah, it makes sense. Kind of like a signature, like, also yeah, put this guy in. It feels like a yeah. cameo, almost. Like, oh, right, because we okay. don't know anything yeah. about and him. Just kind of, all of a sudden, just was there. Yeah, he and walks in the, He literally, we do not see him enter. They literally look up and he is there. Mm-hmm. Right. We're totally entered. But then, yeah, I mean, but, it's literally poof, shazam, here I am, and we're gonna, you know, Eiffel Tower you. <laughs> given the way the which story is great, ends, yeah. You know, but, <laughs> given the way the story ends, where like they're still like kind of plowing each other when they're done, he might be setting this up for more installments in the future. Uh, I mean, I've seen stuff like that. So that's like, true. By, so by the time you have these three characters interacting through maybe two or three different installments, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it might not be so weird, but even then. If what the guy commissioned it wanted to see was uh, two two masculine chubby guys getting it on, he's probably not even so concerned if maybe he himself is just kind of thrown in. Yeah, the I end. guess that makes more sense now that I know this guy was the commissioner because at first I was like, I don't know why the rat is here. I either I, and I still maybe feel a little bit like the story really isn't about him. He appears mm-hmm. kind of right at the end, you know, where we have sex round two, and that's kind of what I felt like. It almost was like. I almost feel like the story should have ended, or this part of the story the rat came should in? have ended as they look up and see the rat, maybe. Mm. Oh. End the story. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, it's, but, it's, you know. Yeah, but now, now that I think about it, it does feel like a commission piece, because it did feel like there was a lot of kind of like wish fulfillment going on. And less as far as like character development and like having a character arc and more of like. I want to see two guys fucking, or I want to see, you know, this. Well, and I, I wonder, I mean, our main character is a skunk who drives mm-hmm. a Dodge mm-hmm. car, yeah. and <laughs> the writer is Mopar Skunk, and Mopar is Dodge OEM parts, uh-huh, so... Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a little of that there, but I like, yeah, but you know, we got I like, so, I like hearing the elephant, because we don't see a lot of elephants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That reminded me, um, you know, White Yodi had a new story out this week, which I really liked. Or for you listeners now, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but one of the things 
it, it, where where the guy goes clothes shopping at H and M. Oh yeah, I read that one too. I really liked it. There was one thing that I, I loved it, but there was one thing that really intrigued me because, or I kind of you know, made me chuckle. He mentions one of the um, guys who works there is an effeminate rhino. Effeminate rhino, and I was, I was like, just wow, trying to wrap my head around that. Like, what a great. Yeah. Thing. Because it totally fucks with the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, it surely would be. I have kind of, I mean, I do shop at H&M. This, this jacket's actually This from shirt's H&M. from H&M. Very nice. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing from H&M. Yeah, and um, well, I should. And it made me want to go to H&M. After I read White Yoat's story, I was like, I gotta go to H&M again. <laughs> so there you go, awful. White Yoat. You can sell out your yeah. services. But then I have seen a guy like that. He works there. He's really effeminate, but he's like a huge, like really built guy. Like if he wasn't wearing the clothes he was wearing, and if he wasn't talking, because he's like really kind of like, it's like that, his voice is a little higher. What's that guy on, like on any like the, um, you know where they like flip the decor in the house? You know, there's a guy who's like huge and never does any work. <laughs> That's what I love. Like he's got huge, massive muscles, hairy or something. And he never lifts anything in the show larger than, like, a flower pot. And he'll be, like, the women, like, Terry, who's this little woman, like, 120 pounds, and, like, heaving around huge pieces of furniture, and he's like, yeah, move it over there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. So, but I love that, though. Yeah. Like, an effeminate rhino. I was just taken by that. So I like seeing the, you know, we get a lot of, I mean, that's part of the fun, I think, of, of a lot of furry stories, is playing with species stereotypes you know a figure out where do they come from which i'm always interested in um but then you know playing with them either working in a way that supports the stereotype or working in a way that subverts it so you just like working on it from a starting point Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. it being arbitrarily assigned yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so but you know we saw elephant which is not super rare but it's unusual it's unusual and i like seeing some of these unusual and that's also we haven't had yet on this show have you ever like written any a story other. with an older character? Like, Have you ever written them. a story with an older character? Nope. Yeah. No, most of mine, like I've the, written uh, stories with older characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of mine, like the main characters, are always younger, like just because that's kind of like my thing. Yeah, like, right. and they're like up to like maybe like late twenties, that kind of thing, early thm Well, it's partially it's the age you are. Yeah, you know, and you know, you write what you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Same I'm thing always with, a little curious though about the people who are like. 60, you know, and, like, all their books are, you know, like, oh, yes, my, you know, 15-year-old or 18-year-old protagonist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, did you hear about Frank? Well, Robert told me about he, Frank Amani died recently, right? Mm-hmm. I saw him on the cover of Metro Weekly, and I said it was all that sad that that guy died. And Robert mentioned that uh, he used to always go to the Lambda Rising bookstore mm-hmm. downtown in Washington, D.C. once a month to pick up the uh, latest edition of the Boy Incest magazine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, thank, thanks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that was his exact flavor. But uh-huh. he said it was like, um, that was, that's at least what the magazine was known for. But the, the lesson here being, even civil rights leaders need their porn. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know as long as as long as it's not real people you know they're just writing it I'm just trying to imagine like the like the, the the quality of gay pornography available in like magazines in the, the 70s not even like the the photographs but like like the comics I like those yeah. old like pulp books you know that I mean, you see Home those. of Finland, like those things? No, I mean, like, not, not the comics, but the actual, like, written-out stories. But, you know, they'd be the, the Tijuana. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, or yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, Tijuana yeah. The pulp, Bible the kind of stuff, yeah. The actual factual pulp. Yeah. And where they'd always, like, something terrible would always happen at the end. Because it has you to, because it's, cause it's cause a gay, gay story. Yeah. yeah. It, it has, has to, to be die. a warning tale. Yeah, really. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like the old movies, you know. Oh, um... Wow. I, don't, I was interested what you said that it feels like a commission. Have you done a lot of commissions for people? No, I was considering it, but then I realized that basically the reason people would want commissions is because there's nothing kind of like already out there that like matches their tastes, mm-hmm. and that would mean I'd have to write, write a lot of weird stuff. Mm. And that's it's kind true. of what yeah. turned me off. Yeah, mm. Well, you, you do some commissions, or story, or not commissions. I stopped much, doing commissions. Right, you don't do commissions anymore, but you still write stories for people. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I'd always done. I'd always done um like requests and things like that, just because I thought it was fun to work with you, like find out what they like. Then I started um taking commissions, but I, I pared it down to like su- to such a degree where it was almost like just like milking my friends for cash. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got I kind of got I kind of soured on the idea of doing commissions. Just for whatever. I'll just I'll just write and you know work mm-hmm. for money. Mm. Like that was my plan. Yeah. But um. I I, t- I generally advise against it. Just I don't think there's enough money in it. No, I feel like it's, and this may be because I'm partial to the written word, but I feel like it's it's I feel like it's it must be harder to write a commission than to draw one, and and mm-hmm. I because maybe yeah. it's it's more I don't know, to me it feels more personal I suppose. And that I have to get way more involved in the thought process yep, yep. of creating and immersed in the characters in a way that I wouldn't have to. And maybe because mm-hmm. I'm not a good artist, you know. And if I was, <laughs> I'd say differently. And I feel like whenever I'm working on someone with a request or a commission, I definitely have to stay in contact with them because there are a dozen times where you might need to clarify some minute detail just about. Mm-hmm. Their character or personality that I mean, if you write it the wrong way, it's gonna no, seem like, it's like, like nine what's your little name? Eight. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... but it's stuff like what's your middle name? Like I went in the story, I wanted to like I wanted the character to ask what your middle name is, and I obviously can't get your middle name wrong. Yeah, like mm-hmm. one of those stupid things, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the other problem. I kind of would have had with commissions is the whole like too many cooks spoil the broth thing because mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and the fandom. Some of them don't really care that much. Others are very particular about their characters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get one tiny thing wrong, they're immediately like. I've seen this of artists. Like, they do a commission, it looks great, but the person's like, well, you know, yeah. mine has, like, blue-tipped fur, what is this? Like, this is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And they get angry. I always try to, when I get an artist, I always try to, I mean, I'm going to the artist for a reason, for one, is I like the kind of stuff they do, you know, so I, and I want them to do it. And I'll always kind of say, like, here's a couple of really basic things. Go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it. Because I want to see... Do you commission stories ever? I haven't commissioned a story ever, No. Has anyone here ever commissioned a story? No. No. Oh. Wow, so we have very little like, like story we do, economic being on experience that end, in here. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've done, like I said, you've written I've some taken commissions. commissions and I, I hated it. No, it'd be interesting, you know, I, I, I met Danith at Rocky Mountain, and he writes commissions for people all the time. Constantly. He's a very fast writer, too. I mean, he'll turn out ridiculous you know, a number of words in, in, in a session. And he'll, he'll live stream it, you know, just... Right. Um, but, and he'll often work on people's commissions via live stream, you know, so everybody can watch him while he writes. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to ask him, you know, at some point, get him on the show. Um, he's still supposed to send us a story. He says he's working on one for us, but he's busy with commissions. But to ask him, you <laughs> know, how, how do story. you... You know, how do you manage it? Or how do you, you know, I mean, because I think we're all kind of worried about, you know, how do we either get into this thing enough um, to be able to write about it well? You know, whatever this person's passionate about. Or how do we distance itself so it doesn't feel weird? Or, yeah. you know, and it's kind of wonder how he manages these things. Yeah, I mean, because, like, the one brush I have had with it is uh, for one of my stories, one of my readers wrote in, and he's like, you know, it would be really cool, you know, if you could put one of my characters into, like, one of the chapters. And that was that was a huge mistake on my part, because oh, like, yeah? when I released the chapter, I got, like, a two- or three-page-long email from him. <gasps> like, oh, well, why is, oh, the, you know, my, my character works as a doctor, not as, like, an electrician, and why does <gasps> he do this? And why does he wear oh, these kinds oh, of clothes? what a nightmare. And, like, all the specific of course, things. Of course, of course. And it's course. like, I'm like... Okay, fine. And like, I changed his name. I'm like, there. It's not your character anymore. So. Wow, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, oh, that's that's true. Take Great. That. Yeah, Great. I'm like, I, I'm like, the name's not different. Like, yeah, he, he he's well, a Jaguar. Well, I think if, so. in that kind of situation, I think you got to treat it like as if you won a contest to be, you know, an extra on CSI or something. It's you do what they tell you to do in that you're role, acting, and you. you're acting. Yeah. You know, so your character, fine in the story, you're an actor, and if it <laughs> yeah. fits the plot better. I'm going to have you do this. Yeah. I, I like your response, so fine. Change right. your name. It's normal. Because like, he's anymore. nothing like your character, so all I have to do is change the name and yeah. he's not your character yeah. anymore. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, what did you think of the, the how the sex was written? Oh, it, it was... Because um, I gotta say, I to you know, you went over the reasons why you like the story, but... There are two chubby guys, and you didn't mention that, but knowing you, I kind of 
I did and 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 enjoy the sexual part. Uh-huh. That's, that's uh-huh. True, what I mean. <laughs> I'm just that's, saying I I caught this it was when like, I was reading it and going, uh-huh. <laughs> What do, you, what, do you, what do you want me to say, though? I think you should have said one of the reasons I picked it is because it had two chubby guys fucking. I think that's what you should have said. I mean, hit some kind of audible plus com button or something. Is that I, I think so. Yeah. Okay, because you have like a bell beacon ding or something? No, Hold on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You happy? I mean, now I enjoyed the story. That sound actually came from his pants. Both, uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But yeah, now we were talking about the whole like hyper masculinity bit, and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of got me thinking. The descriptions of the sex were very similar to that, like the whole like comparing the penis to like beer cans. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a very guy thing. You didn't compare it to like a different object that was very like the language is all there. It matches, and it's perfect. very, it's very like visceral and like. I mean, this is one of these like if you had it illustrated, you'd have to go to an artist. I feel who. He does like a lot of fluids, yeah. you know. It was very yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. messy, and that I think that goes into it too. Mm-hmm. You know that it's very, and they break things because they're big guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. And they're breaking the headboard, and they're being <laughs> loud, and mm-hmm. everybody in the mm-hmm. hotel yeah. knows what's going on, and that's also a part of this yeah. kind of conspicuous, powerful masculinity yeah. performance. And well. I also think it was also like part of the act as well that they yeah, were absolutely. it's like yeah let them hear us because we want to be heard because this is yeah. yeah yeah because the city nobody even cares yeah. right. we're here all yeah, the time yeah. yeah and we I'm in the sw- I'm in the presidential suite nobody's going to care because I'm paying for the presidential suite mm-hmm. and that's a big part of it too um, oh and the whole you know adding to that that this guy will, the skunk will do anybody I think mm-hmm. ties into that too you know, his, his sexuality is, is unlimited, you know, and they'll all be attracted to him because... So, <laughs> just because yeah. I'm so... Oh, I'm just bursting so I'm yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the confidence and the attitude, you know, yeah. I like how the, how the elephant called him method. I don't know why. I just like yeah. little things like that. That was very interesting. That was nice. Well, I like <laughs> yeah. that word. It's a cool word. I did think pachyderm sounded a bit out because I mean, like when I read I like all pachyderm. about the sound, that. and it's it was too long a word to be used that frequently. Hmm. Just like when people write about like some really awkward species, like I don't know, like rabbit dog or something, and they call <laughs> the person like the rabbit dog did this and the rabbit dog did. It's too long. We talked about that in a little bit of our episode that you know I said in the last story where I said if they always use the species name it's like distancing language yeah. for me mm-hmm. it's impersonal and for the last story that actually really worked out because it was like this random scene in a laundromat and it was very impersonal but here where I feel the characters are getting to know each other you, yeah, know, you can't use it too friendly. much mm-hmm. um, but where you you know Pachyderm I liked Pachyderm maybe it was a little over well, here's the test do you remember their names? No, I don't. Nope. No, no, no. it. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, they, minor, maybe a minor they, failing. Did they use the names? They might not have, but in this case, they probably should have. I can imagine. Yeah. Maybe it a bit more personal that way. Yeah. And uh, I, I only know the commissioner. And I think actually, I think I, I believe the um, the uh, elephant is also another character, and we do know mm-hmm. the skunk who that is. But I, we don't. They don't have like firm names attached to them. Right, or we can't remember. They probably do, and we just can't remember. And right, I think the fact that none of us can remember it says something about the construction of the story, and and if that's important. I feel like they would, you know, even though it's the, you know, one-night hookup, you know, they talked there for, you know, finished off a bottle of yeah, a scotch there, you know, while they were talking. And this is a development um, of respect between them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think that's a very important scene. I yeah. like having that. You know, sometimes you read badly written porn. Let's put it that way. I'll skip ahead. You know, I did that. We talked about that. I'll read the control F cock, you know, and then skip ahead. But this is nice setting up kind of a, I think, yeah, a mutual respect, I think is, is the right term for that, between mm-hmm. these guys. And that plays out in how they enact their scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they trade positions and stuff because of that. They've established a mutual respect for yeah, each other. Yeah, that was one thing I found interesting. Like, they each seem like they'd be very dominant people, right. and yet they each kind of submit kind their of own way to the other. Yeah, like which you don't see a lot of yeah. in stories. I mean, it's very, it's much more usually there's the top, there's the bottom. And yeah. But then in the end, the rat comes in and serves them both. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, they are. Really. I think you're right, though, yeah. because they do seem very dominant people, mm-hmm. and they they are they recognize that in each other. Yeah. They said like I only do this with like the right guy or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> so I like there's that there's a mm-hmm. little bit of you know I came into town to fuck anything that moves. So but it's like but, more than just a one night. But story. I only do certain things with certain people, and you're one of those certain yeah. people. So is the symbolic meaning of this movie like the, the collusion of business interests to fuck whatever? <laughs> <laughs> One's an elephant, the other not. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah. Two dominant guys gonna and work together, is, and, then and the get... rat is the American people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rat, think they have American, that blue mind. American. Yeah. Well, sometimes it can be like a subconscious symbolism. Yeah. Like no, I agree. Oh, and I think that's a meaning. I think you could read into it potentially. That's a conservatively. Conservative furry pulp. Business interests, you know, <laughs> party business interests. Though he's a professor too, which is interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I got that academic class that. there you going on. Yep, yep. They're an entrenched interest. Yes, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Knowing no one else can be heard on the audio. Uh, <laughs> well, no, the people watching it on, on the HD feed can see. So. <laughs> this is the subscriber channel. Yeah. That that was the other thing with uh, I don't know. It's a, don't way back, jumping way back to White Yodi's story, the H and M. I want to buy silk boxers now again too. I oh. used to have silk boxers and they wore out. They wore out from them. use. Silk boxers, you know, play prominent. It's a good story if you guys haven't read it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, White Yodi is, I love everything he does. Just about, um, he's one of my. He's probably my favorite short story author, in the. I don't know what he was. And I hate the word fandom. <laughs> Why community? Community. Community. Yeah. community in the community uh, on the he's internet. My side. favorite short story <laughs> author. I mean, this is this is just a this is a very light one for what he normally does. But there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Maybe we'll have to discuss that one. I'll ask him. There are a lot of writers I've found that I only like their lighter works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Cedric's a big one. Like Cedric mm-hmm. writes a lot of stuff. Right? I look at the keywords and it's like mm, next time, buddy. Thank you. I put it, you know, when you're on Sofri and somebody's like, death, angst, you know, like, yeah. suicide, and then blowjob, and then like, hey. like, what? <laughs> you know, the latter seems good, the former not so much, you know, and I'm kind of like, do I really, you know, and it depends on what I'm sitting down for, but if I am yeah. sitting down for the MM blowjob part, I'm like, yeah. Uh, I want to read this, you know, this is a little email. There's not enough payoff, you know, it's like you have to get through all this angst and stuff to get Or the worst is they do the MM blowjob first, and then, you know, somebody commits suicide or something, you're like, oh, that's You don't have to read the MM, just read the finish, just (laughs) page back when you're not on the blowjob, jeez, I'm crow. (laughs) On a long enough timeline, every every fucking story ends with people dying. Right? Wow. (laughs) To paraphrase Fight Club. Yes. Yes. Wow. I mean, like, I just, I like, I do like reading stories. Like, it, it does have to have conflict in it somehow. Because I read this one, I don't remember who the author is. It was like a really, really long novel where there was like a lot of conflict in the beginning, and then for a good like twenty or thirty chapters, nothing happened. Like, they were just go going out to parties and having fun and having sex. Yeah, Robert just... Jordan's Wheel of Time books was like that. It was like the set, like the fourth one or something. You know, boring. and there's like that. Yeah. 700 pages, and you're like, I, I could sum this up in basically three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's mine. I was reading Upton Sinclair's, um, like, what was it? The the, the, the Metropolis or something mm-hmm. like that, I believe it was. It was about the, the, the money class in the city, and it was just pages upon pages upon pages of uh, the decor at parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, there was there's like this minor kind of conflict with this guy. I was trying to figure out, oh, am I going to be able to pursue? And you weren't this? into that. You're gay, though. No, <laughs> no, but it's no. It was good though. But the, 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 I found Upton Sinclair hates Oscar Wilde. I found oh. out from reading this book, he hates Oscar Wilde and he hates the gay poets. He actually calls him out explicitly. Wow. That's um. I took the 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 paragraph and put it on my FA. Program. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. See, we have a problem with them because I love Oscar Wilde. Yeah, Oscar Wilde's the best. I mean, really. Yeah. Here's my. So with, when was the day he was? He was actually like um 
com- uh, committed to, to, to jail. Like, it was in May or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You, you cel- we talked about it. Why don't we celebrate you like, this? You wanted to celebrate, like, Oscar Wilde goes yeah. to jail day. Oscar, like, no, St. Wilde's Day. I mean, like, like he went <laughs> yeah. to jail because... Martyred, yeah. yeah, I mean, we should we go out and have a party. Okay. Yeah. As if, like, we're, like, sending Oscar Wilde off with a big party to jail. Yeah. A big, fabulous that queer be party. Because cool. yeah. we do need gay <laughs> holidays. We, we do. Know. It'd be we like do. the queer Cinco de Mayo. In a way, kind of, sort of. <laughs> no, because here, here's here's the, the 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 argument I felt I had like when I was very young is you get you, people will want to include you if you give them excuses to go out and get drunk mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hey guys, come come celebrate this queer right. so we're all, all we're all Irish match. on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we're, all yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all gay on Oscar Wilde Day. <laughs> yeah, I will let a guy suck my dick. It's an excuse sure. to get right. Hey, there yeah. you go. Let's keep, get drunk. Let's kiss guys. Guys. It'll Oscar be an excuse yeah. to explore for people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We convert a few people. We should add this. <laughs> we guys, we should don't tell anybody outside this room, but we should add this to the gay agenda yeah. at the next meeting. Oscar Wilde. But don't day. tell anybody. Right. We have to look up the okay. date first. It's kind of pathetic if we don't know when to do it. I know. Well, it's gotta that, be like, that'll be your job. Oh, I have to do something now? I yeah. just had the idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be like something gay, like like June 9th or something, so it looks like 69 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta have that's that's another good one. That's it. You've come up with the second one. Oh, well. so anyway, yeah, I, I enjoyed the story. It was fun. I'm different. glad you guys it liked different, it. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, it was indulgent. I'm glad you guys indulged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was different. We were we were talking about that before the show that it, that the voice is very like the writer's voice is very different from a lot of the, the other yeah. stuff I read. Mm-hmm. Good, and it's good to get some you know variety and and it's that older guys. Yeah, and, and not. And your voice Fox was good on the reading. Was yeah, it? you did a nice job well, with the reading. You. And you're like, fuck. You know, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) I had a sore throat, so definitely. It was awesome, though. I mean, it was like, nice, nice. I was like, damn. Perfect. Do you guys have anything to say? I think we're going to wrap it up, maybe. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Thanks for for being on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for being our guest audience. How are you handling this? says with three otters. I don't know. I think it's pretty sandwiched. Yeah. I need to throw some fish somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> we did have sushi for lunch, so there you go. Yeah. It was decided. You got mm-hmm. chicken. Some water you are. Yeah, I got chicken. <laughs> that's, that's, right. Right. Sushi. that's right. You did get sushi. My mistake. Yeah, we all yeah. had some There's sushi. sushi with it. Yeah, but the yeah. ones that came with it were California rolls, which aren't really sushi. I don't consider yeah, That's not real shrimp. I, I, had, even some, I had some. Uh, it's not shrimp. It's it's fake crab, crab. Yeah, crab, fake crab. I, can't, like, I, I know can't you eat can't crab. eat real crab. Yeah, I can't eat real. I can't eat real crab. I have to eat fake crab. Yeah, that was fake that. crab. So yeah. <laughs> we, we thought it. I had some magro though. I, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but still the chicken. Represent. <laughs> have you ever seen a real otter to real chicken? I think real see, I like to see them fight chicken. it out. <laughs> oh, the otter would totally win. Oh, definitely. What are you talking about? Okay, a like chi- otters eat rabbits. A barbed chicken. A barbed chicken versus a muzzle. So everything eats rabbits. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. A muzzled otter. Yeah. <laughs> you sick punk. <laughs> <laughs> you kinky, kinky. Be the cutest little muzzle of all time. It would be really cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want You know what? You know what's weird though is, are you guys? What kind of otters are you guys? I'm a river otter. Yeah, North me too. American. Like North American. Mm-hmm. North American. Me too. We're yeah. All, you know, I figured I'm already in North America. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with the North yeah. American yeah, I mean, sea otters. If there are any sea otters out there, no offense to you, but they're a little, they're a little boring. Well, they're a little more burly, I think. If you mm-hmm. wanted to be like a bigger, you know, if you didn't want to be like I'm a, a live otter, otter yeah, if you no. wanted to be like a burly otter, and they're go not as agile, apparently. Like mm-hmm. from what I read, like most of them don't even get out of the water. No, ever, so. no, no. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. my butt. I'm going out to sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I want to. I want. I think it'd be really cool to be like if somebody was like a giant otter. You know, when it's like South American, someone know what a giant South American river otters. They yeah. go up to. They're called uh, river wolves. River wolves in Brazil and mm-hmm. in, in Venezuela. Yeah, because they live in packs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up to eight feet long. Whoa! From Whoa. nose to tail tip, the males. They are si- like and they macro. hunt in packs, and so they you know, like you see videos, and they're all like hunting and calling to each other as they herd you know the schools of fish together. Wow. Wow. Definitely yeah. break stereotypes because you usually see furry. Be, like, furry otters awesome. are smaller guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like one of the, you know, what is it? Salish does all yeah, the little like they're all like otters. midges. Yeah. It's like you have to find, you know, in this Salish pick just a river otter to come up behind one of his wolves and be like, "What you doing?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> Bend over. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. I think it'd be cool. And they all have, um, they have distinctive white blotches on their mm-hmm. throats, and the, each the pattern is unique. On the each daughter, and they recognize each other partially by that. Cool. So I was like, that'd be yeah. pretty cool to be a, a giant yeah. river otter. <laughs> yeah, and if you're doing like that. your fursona, you could have like the unique thing, like the cutie yeah. marks for there's the your, There's your, there's yeah, your, there's your, okay, guys, there's your fursona suggestion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and if we're going to do like several artists, we're going to charge you for that. Yeah. Uh, that, we, I, I don't get that at all. Get like the money, character design, you know, where it's like the me. adoptables. That's the, that's the name yeah. of it. You know, like oh, you can adopt this character. I was like, if people will pay. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, Some guys, if you decide it. to be a river, you need to yeah. write, send your checks to uh, Bad Dog Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the people in the fandom seem to support this because I saw this. I think on Raraki, she was selling one of her characters and. Somebody, yeah, they, they said, they're like, you know, what's the point of this? And people attack that guy. Like, wow. What are you talking about? This is great. You know, I'm totally paying for this. And it's like, okay. I don't see what's so awful about that. Some people, like, are maybe just a bit creatively challenged, but want, like, a, yeah. a fun character. Yeah. yeah. It's not, there's nothing so terrible about I don't know. that. It's I just mean, a little weird to me. I don't know. Someone I mean, said there's my sister a sucker does, born every minute. My sister so. does cosplay <laughs> and anime stuff, and she says one of the things she likes about the furry community. Like, she went, came to Rocky Mountain for a couple of days this summer. One of the things she likes about it is people are creating their own suits and own ideas and characters. You know, they're not playing an already created character. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's anything yeah. bad. I just think it's a yeah. little weird. But I don't, when I came into the furry thing, I thought of the persona entirely like bowling shoes. When you go bowling, you need shoes to go bowling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to go on a furry thing, I needed something just to be a furry thing. So I picked You're a raccoon. Right. I don't know, maybe just because I don't feel very a- attached to it for that reason. Uh, I just don't take it serious. Sam Otter all the way. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. an otter. Like, ever since I read yeah. Redwall back in, like, fourth or fifth grade, I was like, yeah. yeah. I'm an otter. Otters. See, my name there is it's a little Redwall story because I, I already had the nickname Skip from a couple friends, and they're skipping the Redwall books, and I've read that. But I chose, I thought Rudder Tail sounds good. And like the next year, a Redwall book comes out with an otter in it whose last name is Rudder Tail. I'm like, yeah. damn yeah. it! You know, and nobody <laughs> believes me anymore. Yeah. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, when I, I stole it from you. Yeah, yeah when I exactly, otter, exactly. Stole it from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was picking an otter, like all my life, I had been a swimmer, so I loved mm-hmm. the water. Uh, my family had some place uh, by the river, Chando mm-hmm. River, and. I was a big fan of Al Force, uh, Stories from Mountain High, so... Oh, there you go. So that's how you lured him in, with the writing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes, it was a long, well-thought writers, plan. writers, it can pay off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that about wraps it up, guys. So, yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for coming again. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for yeah. hanging out. All right. Well, they, and uh, join us next time. Thanks for listening, everybody, also. You guys are, are, are nice, too. Why you guys? That's not that awkward. It's charming and awkward. And with that, we'll leave.